welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster Podcast. I'm your host today, working from home, Joe Kowalski, and I have with me uh, my two favorite fellow podcasters, Adam and Michael. Hey, everyone. Um, hey. So we have a handful of things that we want to chat about today, uh, and this new format should prove interesting. We're going to talk about the 6.5 release. Some things that you can be doing to, uh, if you're working and you're essential, then uh, you can do to minimize your overall exposure as far as interacting with your clients and some of the processes, not the actual cleaning itself. We trust you to do that. Um, But before we get to all of that, Adam, what are we talking about today? Yeah. So do you want to go into 6.5 first or do you want to do the SM update first? Um, yeah, let's do the let's do the update first. Okay, so it's been a little while since we had the podcast, and so I think that's, that's probably a, a good call, kind of getting you guys all up to speed with some things that have been going on. So um, you've been talking about it on Facebook already, um, but uh, we've had some some staffing changes. So I think let's let's start there, and then we'll go into kind of the the happier news, so to speak. Yeah, so obviously with the current situation, everybody's making sacrifices as business owners. We've um, we've all had to make some really hard decisions over the last few weeks. So hopefully you're able to weather this storm. Um, one of the things that happened with Service Monster, while we're a digital company and we can virtualize, uh, we virtualized overnight with our development support, marketing, and sales. Fill My Schedule was a physical product. We had college kids stuffing envelopes and so forth. And so that portion of our income had to be completely shut down. And it still helps prop up some of the additional um, horsepower we've always had um, available to us in these last 15 years. Well, with COVID now uh, and that revenue gone, we were not able to support that overloaded work staff, essentially. And so we ended up letting a handful of people go uh, and move some things around. So from a customer's point of view, you guys shouldn't really notice that much of a difference. The number of people answering the phones is the same, although two of them are very new to supporting Service Monster on a day-to-day basis. So they're getting trained up, but we're still able to do those uh, core functions. Um, Sales still is operating Skylar still, uh, you know, closing those deals and talk, having those conversations incredible enough. We're still doing sales. So that's, uh, that's encouraging. Um, and Michael and Justin, you know, they're still with us, Adam, from a product manager point of view, uh, we kept all the engineers. Um, and then we made sacrifices all around it, not just layoffs, but a handful of things that we did internally to reduce costs as much as possible. One of the things we'll talk about, which is um, the marketing. Actually, we just talk about it now. Uh, so Michael and I talked quite a bit about what we were going to do, both to make sure that we we're still present, but knowing that it might be a little bit insensitive to use this as an opportunity to just shove things in your face, knowing that it's unlikely to buy. Now, our competitors have an exact opposite reaction. I think they're spending more money trying to get in front of you, which is hilarious, but Michael, why don't you talk about a little bit the arc that we went through and where we landed? I wouldn't necessarily suggest this for 
service businesses in general, but I think the philosophy is sound. So why don't you break that down, Paul? Yeah, yeah. So um, kind of we, when this crisis started happening, started becoming a crisis, we uh, we realized that we needed to make some changes with marketing. You know, the, the reality of the situation is that many service businesses, um, the people that we sell software to, um, they're kind of in a state of flux where they're not sure. A lot of them are not able to work. Some of them are still working. But it's just kind of a, a very unsure time for so many that we realized, you know, um, we might not be um, getting new software for them might not be the highest priority at a time such as this. But we still wanted to be present um, and helpful because ultimately our goal with everything we do is to help service businesses, to support them, to provide value to them. Um, so any of you guys that, as a service business, whether you're a customer or not, that's our ultimate underlying goal is provide value to you. Um, so we realized, okay, maybe, maybe direct advertising, like, Hey, we have a 14 day trial, you know, try it out here, like spending our money, pushing out ads. Um, honestly, Joe and I talked, we both kind of agreed. It seemed a little insensitive to, uh, just, just the, the way the market is right now, the way that many businesses are operating. Um, so we decided to, um, cut a lot of that advertising out and just focus like most of my time and energy on um, and Joe's as well on 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 value on on doing what we can doing our part um, to point you know you service business owners in the right direction to um, give you tools um, any any advice I know Joe um, has had many great conversations with other business owners and other industry related people um, who are just able to give a really really cool uh, unique perspective on on some some things you can do in this time as a service business that are are still productive. Um, like just today or yesterday, um, we uh, released a blog post related to a cleaning podcast episode that Joe did. Um, that's just kind of about things that you can do to strengthen and even grow your service business during this uh, time of crisis. So that's kind of just been our focus. We shifted, um, you know, the usually people call it you, you pivot your marketing. We pivoted to a more value uh, based approach just because we feel like that's that's what we can do to best support and serve the service business community. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the, the broad overview of what we, uh, the decision we came to. So, yeah. And if I were to sum that up, it's basically, we took money out of what we call push marketing for advertising. So we're not putting things in your path that you stumble across. Um, that spend uh, is reduced, but the only content we're pushing out is value content. Like Michael said, we've, we've done some podcasts. Um, I've been guest on a handful of podcasts. Um, I've written a blog post. Michael's written a couple blog posts. We're keeping this train rolling, trying to give you guys some extra tools to not only just stay afloat, but come out of this thriving. Um, so there's lots of good stuff out there. I would encourage you to go to check it out. From a marketing point of view, the other side is the pull marketing, right? So this is search engine optimizations, pay-per-clicks, and that kind of thing. We want to be available when someone is looking for us. So we did not reduce that side of the marketing. Right? So I just want to be clear, the difference between spending on push marketing, which is what we call loft, brand awareness, um, getting the attention, keeping their attention. These are not buying triggers or signals. Uh, but they're just ways of maintaining contact with our clients. So again, in context of a service business, 
staying, especially as a cleaner, staying an authority and creating valuable content uh, is never going to go out of style. You're going to be able to do that through all kinds of bests of times and worst of times. Um, your marketing, push marketing, that's a question mark and how effective it is compared to what value you push. Pull marketing, always do it. Like always be seen, always be there when they are looking for you and your services. Hey, don't ever turn that down, right? Um, because that just stops the, the money, <laughs> just stops the leads of the sales process. So that's the arc that, that Michael and I went through. And we saved quite a bit out of our budget. Um, although again, we put a, you know, 14% or so of our gross goes into marketing in general. So um, we moved some stuff around, save some cash and, and uh, we're not pestering you guys. The, the fun side that I keep joking around the other side of the office is the competitors are turning it up. They don't do value content at all. None of them do. And so now they're pushing out um, advertisements at a higher degree, which I think is going to turn people off. People are going to say, don't show me this again. And then their advertisings are going to disappear from your feeds completely. Then when everything gets back to normal, we turn our ads back on. Guess what? <laughs> we'll be the only game in town. So anyway, I, I think that whole kind of process there is really what you guys can kind of take from that. We've been talking about value content. I mean, how, how many times have you and I just chatted about creating video, set yourself up as the expert? There's a lot of things that um, you guys can do right now, especially if you're not able to work either at all or it's a reduced rate. You know, working on some of these things that you can maybe help some of your clients, the things that they can do to help sanitize their own homes and, and take yeah. care of themselves. Anything like that is going to, you know, keep you in the back of their minds. Um, we weren't going to have this solely around, you know, the COVID-19 thing, but there's been so many podcasts and discussions on um, like, buying uh, gift certificates and things after you've positioned yourself for this um, and so on. So really just, yeah, that pole marketing is really, I, I always talk about the Porsche is like, like the Coca-Cola of the world, like the like soda, everyone knows who, who Coke is, but they're still constantly just pushing that out there so that the brand awareness is always as high as humanly possible. That's all it is. Um, so yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's, we've played around with that. We've reduced our marketing. We've, um, we renegotiated the lease. Uh, we didn't need as much if we're all going to be working from home and we had way more square footage than we needed anyway. So, uh, yeah, so we did a handful of things and yeah, there's been some shifts, but our clients, other than the film, my schedule product not being available, you guys shouldn't really notice a beat. We're not slowing down our development or on our releases, um, not of our QA process, our support. It's all all at the same levels. We just moved a bunch of pieces around and and kind of um, trimmed out the expenses that fill my schedule is helping to support. So um, kind of moving on from there, we, you mentioned a little bit on some podcasts, but there's actually been a couple of podcasts that have been going on since the last time we we spoke to all of you guys. So let's we'll start with the most recent with uh, Bruce Deloche, Joe. Yeah, so uh, the cleaning podcast. This was our fifth uh, episode. Um, we've been doing about one a month. It's kind of you know, a little more than that, I guess. Um, but that's about around the pace. Um, really high quality shows. Um, Bruce and I got very philosophical. Um, he outlined a really uh, decent plan, mindset, and approach that you could be doing again to, to strengthen your business um, during this time. 
And uh, yeah, I would encourage you to go check that out. Um, Bruce is a really smart guy. Um, in addition to that, the IICRC has approved online education now for the first time in ever. Um, I was trying to get them on that train a decade ago. And um, it's nice because they're taking their current certified teachers, of which Bruce is one, Sean is one, like pretty much the whole cast of the cleaning podcast. If you go listen to those, all those guys are educators and they all have approved online courses. So now is a good time to get your chops up, take that water class, take that CCT class. Like if you haven't done it yet, now's a great time to do it. So, um, so that's what Bruce and I talked about on the cleaning podcast was also on a blue collar podcast. I've done that once before. Those guys are great, Eric and Larry. And, uh, and we just philosophize for an hour as, as you do. <laughs> um, it was great. I would encourage you to check that one out. Um, they broke down or we riffed kind of on a concept that I had on a blog post that I had wrote that Michael published last week. Again, check that out on our blog servicemonster.net forward slash blog. And we've got a handful related to this and ways that you guys can, you know, keep yourself busy and, and your business is moving forward. Um, so we took that blog post that they, they felt felt was very poignant and we kind of just chatted about that and a handful of other things for an hour. So that's a good one. We've got another one coming up with uh, Jonathan and I don't remember. Oh, I think he texted me the date and Let's this is see. the one with uh, Cornerstone Marketing. Mm-hmm. On 22nd at 2 p.m. Central. And that one's supposed to be live. So keep your eye out for links on that one. Um, we were going to just record it today. And then he was all excited after we chatted for a little bit about having me on. So I guess he does a, a live one, too, occasionally. And so we're going to do it live. Live, baby. So uh, keep your ear to the ground on that one. There's just so much good content being created right now. Uh, and, and we're certainly trying to keep up pace and not just talking about the same shit over and over and over again, either like, again, mounting on valuable thing and changes in our environment as they happen, right? Some things that we may have been talking about three weeks ago, totally different game today. So, yeah, everything is happening so fast. I remember I was reading something about the uh, the small business loan um, relief um, and kind of everything that's going on with that bill. And it, it changed something like five times in 24 hours. And so the banks weren't even sure how to exactly to process it. And so we're definitely not even talking about it. Like there's just so much. You yeah. Know, I mean, I, by the time we even have this out, I'm sure something will have changed. So. Make sure that you guys, you know, have someone, either an accountant or like like, like a banker you trust. Whoever you guys are going through for this information, just make sure you're staying on top of that because if you're if you're struggling and so on, like make sure you have the most up to date news before you you're signing for something. So, um, I think really from here we'll just um we'll jump into the the release, Joe, and then we'll we'll come back to Smug at the end, just to kind of have a nice little button there on the end. Okay, so. 6.5 is out in the wild mm -hmm. out for not quite a week and a half, just about a week and a half, um, seven, eight, 10 days, something like that now. 
And we're really excited. We've gotten a lot of good feedback from you guys. Um, thank everyone who attended the release webinar. Um, there were a lot of good questions were asked. Almost 300 people went to that thing. Yeah. Well, and really amazing. considering how it all went down that night, I think, uh, I think we couldn't be more ecstatic for that. <laughs> I, they, I, they don't know the behind the scenes yet. No. <laughs> oh, it was a fire sale, dude. It was so bad. Oh, my God. We're having a fire sale. Oh, the burning. It burns me. Evacuate the... We, within the last half hour, we were all scrambling. Up until the last five minutes, we thought it was all going to go to hell. Up until we pushed the button, we weren't even sure people were going to show up. Um, but as it turns out, nobody was the wiser, and it went off without a hitch. Yeah, so, it really felt... Felt like a Broadway show where behind the scenes they were just, you know, in chaos trying to move the scenes around and everything out on stage was great. It was beautiful. Yeah. So. No, it, it was a time though. Yeah. For a half an hour, we were all kind of in a panic. And it was the first, you know, because we had just all started working from home. We had planned the podcast well before. And so having it at home versus having it in the office uh, as a sudden change create some was, interesting situations. And then I pushed the wrong button. It was mostly my fault because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know when you, when you start a, um, uh, a podcast in that platform, that that's it. That's a one, one and done. So you hit stop. That's it. Ta-da! It's over. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> anyway, we won't go into it, but it, it, it went off. Well, yeah. yeah. 280 people there at a constant pace. I, I heard that it tipped up over 300 at one point, and then you know, obviously they go back down as people lose interest or hear what they want to hear or are confused. Most of it was clients, which is amazing, and the feedback that we got um, both from the webinar and after the release on 6.5 is just thank you guys so much. Um, it means a lot to us when you bring the good news our way at scale. Um, you know, we're always getting a onesie, twosie, but even when our most um, diehard supporters who are also our, our di most diehard critics, um, when they're singing the praises and, and they're happy and joyous, that makes us feel really good. So again, thank you guys for all of that amazing feedback. Um, and yeah, it went off fairly smooth. I know they did a couple hot fixes on some minor issues, but for the most part it was, it was great. And you guys are um, talking it up and, Really excited and more feature requests as a result of all the new things and goodies that we've got tied in. So yeah. we'll go into detail. You can watch the webinar. It's um, it's on YouTube. So you can actually sit there for the hour and a half. We talk about a lot of stuff at the end, lots of different questions. Um, and then, uh, yeah, or you can just log in and check it out. And if you haven't seen it already, do the trial. It's uh, we, we really focused on making that trial experience as smooth as possible. Although we still, you know, you can always improve it. So now we'll take what we learned from this release and then build another. Yeah, I think anyone who's listening right now who is not actively using the system, um, if you have questions on 6.5, like I said, there's on our YouTube channel, there's an entire you know, recording of the dedicated webinar that we did. There is a blog post that outlines everything um, major that's new that's also linked within service sponsor. So if you have an account and you log in there, you see the what's new. If you want to go through that, you can. There are also in-app training um, that will pop up right when you first go in. It'll show you some of the new things. It's literally part of it is dedicated to the release and things that of that nature. 
And if you're not a client, then go ahead and check out the trial and see if it, see what's new. So, yeah. So yeah. we're very proud. Six five went great. Speaking of some relatively new features, not necessarily six five, but relatively new in the the grand scheme of things. Um, kind of wanted to talk about touchless um, or just kind of contactless work. So a lot of exterior cleaners that are still able to clean. I know that a lot of you have moved to kind of like a contactless um, kind of process. Uh, anyone who still has food delivered, I have a, a close friend who manages a restaurant. So, and obviously that is pretty crazy right now with everything since you know, dining is completely removed. So they've moved to a lot of delivery. Well, a lot of those you know, can include someone who might have tested positive. And so they across the board have kind of figured out a way to just do contactless uh, deliveries, right? Where everything ahead of time is predetermined. You go, you drop off the food, everything is signed on, on a credit card, paid online, and then they grab the food, no harm, no foul, everyone is safe. And that's kind of something that a lot of exterior cleaning can handle. Um, interior cleaning is more of maybe an empty commercial building or something like that where there's no one actually in the building and you guys are taking the proper precautions. As Joe said at the beginning, uh, we're going to leave the cleaning kind of to you guys. I uh, hope everyone is aware of the precautions to take to make sure that you're, you know, safe and healthy and you guys' health matters. You know, money is obviously important as far as, you know, keeping ourselves available, but definitely make sure your guys' health is, is, is considered in all this. But long-winded story there, let's just kind of talk about what you can use within Service Monster to kind of maintain that. So we have both order approval and online payment. So let's talk about the order approval first, Joe. Yeah, I mean, you know, the end-to-end -end process is pretty great. You can get away with almost no contact with your client. Um, so for exterior cleaning, you could do the Google thing. You can do the drive-by and you can write up an estimate. Uh, using your mobile device easy enough and then send them a link either email or text that they can click on to then look at the order and approve it and if they approve it then it shows up in your queues and everybody's happy and you can move forward with the project um, so that's pretty simple uh, the 6.5 introduced the review flag so if they go open their email and they click on the link then the system will let you know that they've actually reviewed it, whether or not they've uh, declined or accepted that estimate. Once the client has accepted the estimate, you can actually go perform the work, um, schedule it, you know, via text or phone call or email, all, all really easy to keep track of in the system. Um, do the work. And again, that's the black box we'll leave you guys to. Um, and then when you're done, you can, sitting in your car before you leave, shoot them an email, which has a link, so that they can look at the order and pay their bill online. So from end to end, it is possible to never interact with the individual or family that you're, you're working with or the company that you're working with. Again, that black box cleaning, there's a big question mark there, right? But for move outs or commercial empty buildings or exterior cleaning. I mean, there's a whole host of cleaning scenarios that arise that make it possible uh, for you to have no contact with people. So we wanted just to be able to make sure that we aided in that as much as possible. So both tests and email approval 
and payment. So there you go. Yeah. And in order to turn those on, um, both the order approval and the payment link are in our marketplace, guys. They're, they're tools that we've built. They're basically just an add-on. It's where we they're just free. kind of... Yeah, they're yeah there, there's no add-on add costs. It's just you have to enable them there in the marketplace. The order approval will work right out of the gate. The payment link, um, you have to have either Stripe or Authorize.net hooked up in order for that to work. Um, so if you have questions on either of those, um, t take a look in the marketplace. We have dedicated training materials to explain that Authorize.net is also a gateway. Um, so you, it's not necessarily you have to sign up for them as your payment processor, you can actually work through your banks most likely and just use them as thousands of merchants available through exactly. authorized as a gateway, including most likely your local bank. If you have someone else that you're still using, you can likely do something similar. Um, QuickBooks is a big one that I will just bring to light because so many of our users utilize QuickBooks. And I've talked to many who do their payment processing through QuickBooks. So you can still also do the order approval and you know go out and do the work send the invoice when it's completed over to quickbooks and then on the quickbooks side send the payment through their little online portal thing um, receive the payment and then just make sure you come back around on service sponsor and and market is paid and, and posted essentially so that process still works there um there are also some other things that we we integrate with ResponseBid, for example, and they can help a lot with the, the pre-sale process as far as being contactless, because a lot of that is going to be kind of handled via videos and other things that they just, without having an actual salesperson go out, you have that sales environment still. So um, there are definitely tools to help you guys with this, both internal um, as far, part of Service Monster and, and external. So yeah, go get it. Yeah, exactly. But don't touch it. But don't touch it or definitely wash your hands. Yes. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the other thing to talk about on the order approval, because I know that if I don't mention it, Joe, then we'll get hit with it in Smug or, or somewhere else. There are a couple of things, um, some settings we want to enable and turn yes. on there to give you guys some options. And that is going to be part of our next um, major release. So, um, you know, the next... Probably, I don't want to give it a timeline. You know, if I give a timeline, then that's going to get us in trouble. But uh, the next major release is going to have updates to that. So um, yeah, and they won't be huge, and they'll be configurable. So you'll be able to include your order notes. That's one yep. big one that, that notes, we've been asked a lot. Disclaimers. Um, mm -hmm. The image. Some some users have their brand um, and their company name within their brand. Some of them don't. So it kind of some of them, some of you guys need to have your company name written out. Some of you don't basically is what right. it boils down to. And so there's right. just little things like that to make them more configurable. Um, and we've definitely been taking in tons of feedback over this. Um, a lot of you guys have been loving it. And 6.5 also offered one more cool thing here where we have just views dedicated in your order list to this approval process. So not only can you see just this little approval status, um, like Joe mentioned, we actually have little icons for it now. So like a, a check mark means it's approved, and X means they declined. A little eyeball means that they've viewed it and so on. Um, but you can also see all of your unscheduled approved orders, for example. There's even a quick link to that in your orders homepage. So if they've been, if, if like five people have approved, you have a quick and easy access to know exactly who you need to get scheduled immediately, right? Um, and then you can also sort through who, those who have 
haven't done anything. They're still pending. So really just trying to make more things easily available and actionable for you guys. So that is in the orders list. So go to orders, then order list. Boom. And we can actually show stuff on this platform. Not that we have anything prepared, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so this new podcasting platform all seems a little less natural, I guess, because we're not sitting around the same table. We have more horsepower. We've got more capabilities. You know, I've been video chatting um, with Michael and with with family and with others. I, I, in some weird way, some some of it actually is really natural. Like it just, uh, I don't know. It, it's again, you don't get that immediate feedback of looking at someone, but uh, kind of being able to feed off their body language or so on. But I think I think there's some positive things you can we, we can do here. So we'll definitely have more screen share things kind of set up to to show you guys some of this stuff when we're talking about it. I can just, I can just be the mouse pointer while, while you talk, Joe. I can just kind of. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the narrator, the disembodied voice who asks me the questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we've already kind of, uh, we're going to move into the um, more empathy marketing and, and things like that. We discussed that right there at the beginning. Uh, Michael, was there anything else you wanted to, to kind of touch on based on your blog posts or anything that you feel like just advice to talk about just general marketing during a pandemic like this? Um, I guess one thing would be, um, I maybe I already kind of mentioned it, but just really being conscious of, of your, the language that you use um, when talking to your, to your prospective customers or your current customers, you know, there's, you might need to change the way you talk to them, change the way you approach um you know, not, not just marketing, but just basic customer communications. Um, you know, obviously the having empathy for their situation, but also realizing that, um, a lot of people may not want you in their home. Um, and you know, there's, there's, uh, a lot that you might need to, uh, change when it comes to, um, yeah, just, just how you, how you converse, what your, what language you use in your marketing materials, um, how you respond to, um, like an, an inquiry or a, um, a requested job or whatever. So just be being aware of the the changes that are going to be necessary. And I'll actually writing a blog post. Um, I'm working on it right now about this kind of this general topic of marketing changes that need to be made um, and how to approach uh, general marketing and customer communication in a time of crisis like this. So be on the lookout for that. Um, I have some great sources for that. So it should be a pretty helpful post i think so yeah we can definitely link that too when we were to make the post here yeah not not to put you right on the spot here but i i guess i'm going to um do you have any examples of kind of language to avoid language to avoid um, or or you know the opposite language to use well i i think i think really what it comes down to language to avoid definitely is acting like things are normal um, cause things are not normal and I've seen, you know, businesses and kind of what we're going back to with even our approach to this is the reason that we pivoted our marketing is because things are not normal. Our environment is not normal. Our economy is not normal. This is not our normal way of life. Um, and so the way that we communicate, you know, as service monster, the way we communicate to our customers and our prospective customers needs to change along with that. And that same principle applies to service businesses, you know, you guys, um, a lot is changed. A lot is different right now. Um, 
So don't just carry on like things are the same. Um, even if I have talked to some businesses who their business has not been affected that much, they're still getting jobs, still staying busy. But even in that situation, you know, make sure that you uh, are not ignoring this uh, crisis in in the way that you talk. Um, that's probably a big thing because I have seen some people doing that, and it just um, it can come across incorrectly probably so well, especially since you don't that. know other people's situations right i mean exactly you yeah. know <laughs> when do you do i'm not pregnant <laughs> that turns <laughs> a little bit different when you when you start talking about how it's uh, the government conspiracy and it's bill gates and 5g and, and the person yeah. you're talking to lost a cousin or something you know yep exactly so, exactly yeah just being being socially aware of not everyone's situation is the same as your situation. You know, I could not have planned this better. So everyone listening, I want you all to just take this in that this was completely planned on my part because I'm just a master here. <laughs> um, but sure. this, this goes right into the segue of the entree Joe statement that we were going to talk about uh, Joe. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, yeah, look at that. Beautiful. Um, the quote is, "Your perception is not reality. Question it often." Um, so, why don't you just kind of go through your thoughts on that, Joe, and then we'll definitely interject ours as well. Yeah. So, the, I guess the first thing I totally forgot about the entree Joe thing. I haven't been doing them um, for the last few weeks, mostly because it's kind of hard to give tough love about how you're wrong about millennials and the people you're hiring. It's all your fault when you're looking at letting people go or you're looking at such a loss in revenue or, you know, you're demoralized because you're not sure. And, and, you know, Nietzsche said most people would rather believe in an unsure something than an assured nothing. Um, I don't know, scary for most people. So they must assert something. That's just a pathological need that humans have most of the time. So, um, yeah, your perception is not reality. Question it often. Here's my favorite um, analogy. It's not even an analogy. It's an example. <clears throat> so we see a very, very small amount of the spectrum of light. Right, or we're narrow band into this um, very small range of frequencies that photons produce that turn into visible light for us. Outside of that, it's like gamma and you know ultraviolet and X-ray, uh, radio waves, and so forth. If the entire wavelength capability of light was the, as wide as the United States, it's like we only see in like four feet. By comparison, so just take that in for a second. Um, so we don't. A lot of the the universe's light is completely un um, unattainable to us unless we're using some sort of devices. So that means we don't see reality. Oh, but wait, it gets worse. the The color white doesn't exist. There's no wavelength of a photon that represents white light. White is a combination of red, blue, and green. Because those are the 
cone receptors that we have in our eyeballs. We don't even see purple. We see the differences in red, blue, and green that then our brain tells us is purple. White is an equal amount and a very high amount of all red, blue, and green at the same time. Uh, and so, and we use this trick on monitors and television screens and our phones. If you ever wet your phone down, like you should be doing, right? Washing your phone as well as your hand sanitizing or whatever. Sometimes when I sanitize my phone, there'll be little droplets on the screen. And if you, if it's on and you, you know, kind of get it in the right angle, you'll see those little LCDs explode kind of like a magnifying glass from the little droplets. And you'll see the little red, blue, and green lights um, and how yellow is made as a combination. It, it gets really weird, but all this to say your brain does not see the real world and it makes shit up to keep you from going insane. Your amygdala is working overtime to uh, give you a narrative within the reality of all the data that you see. So that being said, and then you start to lay on psychology and confirmation bias and echo chambers, and you just keep on keeping on, and you find that humans are deeply flawed uh, in our ability to ascertain what is true or believe, you know, uh, have a, uh, an epistemology or belief system that allows us to check ourselves. That's why science was so incredible, such an amazing discovery. It really codified what Aristotle and his, his uh, band put together in 300 BC when they broke out formal logic. Science, the scientific method, is simply a process that follows that kind of approach to knowledge, uh, peer-reviewed data study, repeatable process, repeatable tests, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so having all that, knowing all that, Keeping your eye out and being willing to look for when you're wrong. That's an important part of being a business owner. And it's a super important part of coming out of this current situation um, without either too much fear or too much optimism, which I kind of see as another way to be fearful. Uh, the Stockdale syndrome, something that you might want to look up or Stockdale paradox, excuse me. Um, go look that up. I won't explain it here. but um, it's it really talks about the way you should look at the reality of your situation and in that example the optimists were the villains they're the ones who had the shorter uh and less fortunate path i think here the people who aren't really recognizing the situation they're the naysayers the they're the optimists in this story so now obviously the panic stricken that doesn't do anybody any freaking favors either so you know, be pragmatic. But at this point, it's hard to hard to say, you know, things aren't happening or things are just the same. And so if you really do believe that, then, you know, I don't know, I would I would say uh, you should go check the tools that you use to deliver yourself to belief. Anyway, I won't go too deep. I do that in some other podcasts and you'll check that out if you're interested. Yeah, well, you and Bruce actually that. talk about that a lot on the, uh, or touch on it at least in the uh, cleaning podcast episode. So I'll make sure to uh, 
put that in the YouTube description for this. The YouTubes. I was getting ready to go all all deep as a as a follow up, Joe, and then you just just cut it off there. <laughs> um, no, that's it's actually one of my kind of just core philosophies in life is constantly questioning myself and and ideas that I've been been presented um, even from from a young age. I remember just that realization when uh, a, a teacher basically lied or just didn't know the answer for something and then just like my whole world view just shattered as like a third grader <laughs> you're just like i thought adults knew everything and then when you become an adult and you realize that you know it's a lot that we don't know um so i think the only thing that i would add on to that is it's why one of the things that i truly believe um is an important skill that we seem to learn in kindergarten and kind of gets brushed aside after that. And that's, I feel like empathy is one of these important things that we need to just from an emotional intelligence standpoint as a society, get more, more involved with and, and try to get more of that out of ourselves uh, because it allows you to do this, right? The more you're able to put yourself in someone's shoes, um, not just hypothetically, but actually kind of feel that um, it allows you to gain a new perspective. And so I think that that's just something that we could all do a lot better of just in general is kind of just uh, trying to see the world through others' eyes because it might might see something that you you know hadn't seen before. So, yeah, I've talked about that a few times kind of as the path of the guru, like not the fake guru, but the legit guru. And if you have somebody who's passionate about something and so they dive into it head first. You need that to start with. And then you absorb as much information, you become a master of the craft. And that takes half a lifetime, right, before you're actually a master. But then when you're a master, you still don't know shit because you have one person's point of view, your own. But as a master, people will come to you and say, please help me. How, how did you become a master? Help me become a master too. And then – Five people turns into 50, turns into 500. And then you've heard these stories and these experiences and you've helped these other people through their journey. And that's when you truly become a master master where you, where you've helped other people go through their version of mastery and you've seen from their point of view and their perspective. Uh, so that's really the path to that enlightenment is having to get good enough where people come to you and then do that enough times to realize, man, <laughs> my, my, my one slice of the pie was very insignificant. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Very good. What else do we got, sir? So from here, we have some smug posts. Um, that it's been a little while since we've gone through smug and there was a lot that was six, five related. Um, so we, uh, pick your favorite three. We're at yeah. 45 minutes. So, so um, there was a lot of discussion on newsfeed, which I found interesting post release. Yes. Um, kind of some interesting kind of ideas because you kind of talked about the idea of newsfeed overall um, and how it's no longer on the home um, page of the new dashboard view that we've kind of added in there. And so Eric was asking about hey, is it still available on, on the default view? So there's two, two things here. Um, one, let's, I guess, discuss really quick that there are multiple views you can select. And two, just kind of the discussion afterwards. about Yeah, so, yeah, so um, 
for any screen that has multiple views, uh, you can consider them different versions of the same screen. There's going to be a view selector in the upper right-hand corner. Just a little, looks like a little picture, and then it's got a little drop-down arrow. You click on that, and it'll show you the different versions of that screen. Um, and so when 6.5 came out, we have a new version of the home screen. And it's a better delivery mechanism for keeping you guys up to date with the things that are going on to Service Monster. It's a better what's new, which was graduated from Service Monster 5. The first attempt at a better what's new was the newsfeed. And we've talked about that before. Um, and we talked about how I wasn't excited by the overall usage. And I know there's some problems with the algorithm that we probably should sort out. So I was just like, yeah, let's just do a better what's new and see what happens. To my surprise, um, a handful of clients reached out on multiple channels, whether it was Smug or you know public posts or hit me up in Messenger directly or sent an email. Um, or said something to support. And they were like, we really love the news feed. Really, really, really love the new home screen, but really love the news feed. Um, can we have both? <laughs> so um, the answer is not today. But I think it would not be too difficult to, number one, fix the algorithm. So, Adam, that's the first step to that, right? Fix the newsfeed delivery mechanism because i know it's not right especially with the news that it's getting from um service monster specific sometimes you know it'll launch something that's two months old and it'll treat it as brand new and the new stuff is nowhere to be found so we need to play with that but i was thinking um when renee was talking about this and like i think people use it a lot more than you think i want it back I realized that we have a very nice um, example of a condensed news feed on the account screen. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm thinking is what if we put it on a sidecar on the homepage, collapsed by default, and we reduce the overall size, you know, we kind of just change the formatting of that thing so that it's more in line with the news feed of, of the account screen in terms of size. And uh, and we go from there. And we can even introduce that as a 2.1 different dashboard view, right? Maybe not the one that uh, new users get, but ones that after you've been a veteran for a little bit, you can graduate to that screen with the sidecar newsfeed. Yeah, I think, too, the interesting part of the discussion was um, tying it to mobile and how a lot of the newsfeed things, um, because a lot of you guys I know use the newsfeed as kind of a, Maybe you're an operations manager, maybe you're um, owner operator with a couple of teams. You would use it to kind of catch up on what the office was doing while you were out in the field. Um, and so I think tying it to mobile, having some sort of notification system or just something that they could view there, they could always get a pulse on what the office was doing while they're out there. So I think people would use it a lot more, probably a lot more like what we use a workforce posting for, mm -hmm. right? Because they can do likes and they can do comments and that kind of stuff. And so that was that was brought up. Hey, Joe, it's not the news feed that's, you know, broken. It's just that it's not mobile. We'll get a lot more participation of the individual companies and, and working together and thereby more uh, activity and interaction on the news feed if we include it in the mobile path as well. But again, still the same first step, right? Fix the algorithm. Yep.
exactly. So I'll go in and do that one myself. I did a, I, I started it off and then I handed it to Aaron and it was a complicated beast and I think it got lost in translation. Um, and so I'll just, I'll handle the output of the algorithm myself. We'll go from there. So sign that tracker to me, please. <laughs> I think this is also a really good example um, just that you guys can use in day-to-day because you're not necessarily you know, developing software for your, your guys. But just problem solving in general or just kind of when you're when you're collecting data, um, always go into it with an open mind um, because, you know, even, if, even when the data is telling you things sometimes, it doesn't necessarily mean that the idea or the, the you know, the overall end product is the problem maybe it's the delivery maybe it's you know how you're presenting information maybe you have a new kind of product or service that you're selling but the presentation is wrong you know and so there's things like that that kind of just a good the value proposition that's a big one like people will often especially house cleaners but they'll exchange hours for dollars instead of talking about the value of what they're providing And it's a different way to approach it. If I'm giving you something of value, if I'm saving you from having to, you know, deal with the yuck and the grind and the daily hassle of toilet cleaning, uh, that isn't worth the $5 it takes you in the 15 minutes to clean the toilet. That's worth a lot more to me than I have to deal with that. And so it depends on how you approach it and how you sell it. And a lot of times selling a new product or service has to do with the messaging. How are you positioning it? Michael and I spent, we're students of this forever to, for infinity because no one's got this master. Um, but you can take a lot from, you know, some of the masters, uh, companies that have had amazing marketing and, and copy and PR people. Um, and, and sometimes it's just that little, little pivot, little different way to approach it. Like Mrs. Jones, if I say ABC, she's not interested. But if I say CBA, man, she buys every single time. So. Yup, paying attention. Yep. Um, another post was made by this guy named Michael. He's a weird dude, but um, <laughs> he uh, he asked. Um, well, actually, Michael, you know, I'm gonna let you present it since it was your kind of post. Just trying to get some uh, some feedback. He did a little bit of a poll. So why don't you go on that? Yeah, I just did a poll um, back on March 27th. Um, few weeks ago about um, asking just our, our smug users how their business was going. Um, just because I was curious, you know, like if there was a, a big change that we needed to be aware of as as they, um, one of your guys is, uh, you know, a, a someone that you pay for a service. So we, uh, results were pretty, I mean, I wasn't surprised. Um, most people said that business has slowed down a lot. Um, a fair amount even said they have been required to temporarily shut down few little less said business has slowed down a little bit and then only like one person said business is as usual um but most so basically every single person who answered except for one person uh, their business had been affected had been affected in a negative way um whether it was completely shut down or to you know just slow down a little bit it had been affected so and that was um just for you know our, our sake to kind of know where where you guys were at so, but that kind of feedback's helpful. You know, we want to know where you guys are at, what what's going on, where what business is like, so we can um, support you in the best way possible. So, yep. And now those numbers are obsolete. Yeah, because that was like <laughs> three weeks ago or two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, now a lot more people have a lot less on their schedule, and then there's a yep. handful of people that have a lot going on right now. Yep. 
yeah so maybe something that we do you know periodically here just kind of checking in seeing how things are going um smug is a good place for that you know kind of a little more direct communication with many of our users smug is also a really good place for you guys to um because i've actually been kind of shocked at how little of this i've seen in smug joe but uh if you guys are in the office, you're working more on kind of administrative tasks, processes you want to set in place, um, really good place to just kind of collaborate and see what people are doing across the country to, you know, weather the storm and, and what some of the processes they've built. Um, you guys could, I mean, this is a golden opportunity. You probably won't have this many, you know, brilliant uh, minds all kind of focused at the same time where they're not necessarily out in the field and they have time to, to kind of field these questions. So utilize the, the channels available, whether it's in smug or whether it's one of the other channels you belong in or groups, I should say. Um, yeah. Really good time for that collaborative effort. So well, smugs, the tightest group though, you know, yeah. Mason's network does pretty good because you know, they don't let things get too out of hand, but even now, you know, that's, that's gone a lot more and and we need those places too where people can go be free and have conversations and arguments and debates and all that kind of stuff smug's not the place for that and so uh, everybody's aware of it because i shut that shit down immediately and i will actually just remove you from smug if you're a repeat offender on that front uh so we do have more of a tyrannical administration approach to smug Uh, but as a result of that the conversations are really tight uh they're very business oriented they're not judgmental. Um, they're very. Um, they, they're offering help and value because if they don't, then I start nicking comments and then people. Um, so yeah, I, I would seriously encourage you to utilize Smug and, and ask questions. And the more you do that, the more people will start playing in that arena. It's just all about engagement. It's how the algorithms of Facebook work. Um, yeah, no. So that's a that's a good advice, Adam. Um, The only thing that I'll kind of touch on here to finish this off, because a lot of you guys, I think, were thrown into the newer uh, schedule. I was actually, I was a little bit surprised. Um, We did the poll on the 6.5 webinar, and it was about 65-35. So about 35% of you were still using the schedule 1.0. And so I've gathered some feedback from you guys on what you like about it still over the, the, the new one. And part of it is just, you just, don't like change. So, but there were a handful of questions, just kind of how do I use the new schedule? This one happened to come from Nate uh, about how to kind of just show some, some details. And another person was having trouble with the drag and drop um, and some things like that. And so we had a video that's filmed and uh, we never got around to getting the full help article built around that. But by the time this is released, that whole help article, we'll just, we'll find a place on the schedule to just link that. And so, Look for the question mark when you're on the schedule. If you have questions on how to set things up, on how things operate, there is a whole video. It's about 10 minutes long. Um, and we'll have an article attached to it to just kind of give you guys some help. So just trying to light on that. Uh, otherwise, that's all I got, Joe. Perfect. Very good. Michael, anything else you want to touch on before we uh, sign off here? Nope, I'm good. Very good. All right. Thank you guys so much for your continued attention. Stay safe out there. And if you have any questions, feel free to give us a ring. Take care. All right. Bye. Very good. Cool. Yeah.